welcome to In The Game, Qatar's first sports podcast. We have some super guests, and I'm so excited about this one. We're with QST again. We're with another cohort. Um, it's called Field of Vision. And we've got two smashing guests coming on. We've got David and we've got Omar. Please welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you've come on, and I can't wait to hear about what you do. Thanks so much, Steve. I'm really excited to be here. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Good on you, Omar. Yeah. Good on you, David. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. So, who's going to start this ball rolling with how you can tell me about Field of Vision? Yeah, I'll go for it. So, the problem is quite simple. There are, believe it or not, an estimated 100 million blind or visually impaired football fans around the world. And currently, the only way that they can experience a match is through somebody else's senses, whether that's um, you know having a friend or family describe the game to them or going into a stadium and listening to the stadium's designated audio des describes commentary. Um, we've spoken with visually impaired fans around, uh, around Ireland and, and some further afield, and, and they all tell us the same thing, which is commentary, no matter how detailed, cannot fully convey the excitement and intensity of a sports match. And I mean, you don't have to be visually impaired to know that yourself. Um, you know, if, if any of the listeners have have watched the, a match um, on TV and then and then subsequently listened to a match on radio, there's no comparison. Obviously, you want to watch the TV every single time because because you're seeing it with your own eyes. You're you're getting the understanding of the game with your own senses. Um, so so what we're doing is we're building a handheld device which enables the user to feel the action of the game, such as the ball's position in real time, the tackles, shots, passes, which team has the ball. So for the first time, users will be able to feel the swerve of a free kick, the power of a shot, the strength of a tackle, all live and in a stadium. No way. That's that's just incredible. And and uh, how important was that market research with what people were telling you? What what I, I know you briefly told us, but what were some of the comments that was coming back and, and why you really knew that this is the one thing that you wanted to go forward with? Well, I was working mainly on the, uh, on the market research and we got in contact with a large group of, we emailed all the, like a group of blind people in Ireland and basically said, any of the football fans come talk to us, just casual and just like, we want to hear like what you want in a game. And we found that Audio commentary does certain things very well, such as lets you know the score, it lets you know which team has the ball, which player has the ball, but it also has loads of gaps, such as like you'll be listening to the radio and all of a sudden there'll be a goal because you've no idea where the ball was on the pitch. You know, there'll be a country tackle, but like you have to just assume there was a big tackle. So uh, we, we wanted our device to fill in the gaps that these that the audio commentary left. So uh, that's what our market research found. It's, it must, your journey so far, how has it gone so far? How is it, you must be all feeling ecstatic about this. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long journey and um, a, a quick journey, I think also as well, because of, of the progress that's kind of happened since, um, you know, that this, this whole thing really started out um, during the first lockdown back in March a year ago. Um, I myself was an engineering student um, with, with, with nothing better to do. So, um, I was kind of looking around and messing with electronics and the likes. Um, I found a video on, on YouTube or, or Twitter of a, of, some, of a visually impaired fan being brought to the game by his dad. And his dad was tracing the position of the ball on his palm. Um, and I thought, you know, oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, why doesn't he just describe the game to him when, it, when but, but he's actually just like using a, tact a tactile um, way to do it by tracing the, the position of the ball on his palm. So 
got me thinking about um you know how how a technological solution could be built to do this for for blind fans instead of having to rely on on audio only so i started building prototypes just in my bedroom um and then it was this stage when we started talking to the blind fans just saying hey look this is what i'm doing do you think it's interesting and when we realized that when i when, when i realized i suppose that there's that initial um demand for it that i got my close school friends tim and david on board to help with some of the most important parts of the project such as the artificial intelligence or the or the branding and marketing um since then we've completed the the first the first prototype we've gotten a, a full demo secured with bohemians football club which is i'm going to call it the best team in ireland but some might disagree um and and we're working hard on on, on getting more demos and, and partnerships along the way and and then we got into QST in, in February, which was a fantastic um, boost to our progress. Congratulations. Also. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to take you back a little because um, this show is all about shining a spotlight on people, whether it's business, whether it's athletes or footballers or whatever those things, people that are making a real difference. And I want to take you back just a little bit to the stage where you were sitting in your bedroom because of we had the COVID and the lockdowns and et cetera, et cetera. What exactly, and I know that you said you saw somebody, but what was that the defining moment for you? Is it you saw somebody that was having a problem? Have you, is, has any of your family got a problem or, or kind of uh, is short sighted or that's visually impaired? Or what was it? It was just a, a defining moment. You were in your bedroom and that was it. Yeah, I, I think it was that simple. I, I mean, fortunately, none of us um, kind of have close friends or family members or no anyone at all really with them. Um, with the visual visual impairments um so it really was just um it's quite quite a random thing you could argue in that sense is that it was just something i saw online but it was something that really struck me particularly as, as an avid football fan um you know the thought of uh you know perhaps not being able to to, to watch my favorite team play one day was I, I thought that was quite interesting that's kind of what i gained from what i what i was seeing online um and, and my co-founders are the same i want to kind of i just want to keep on going to you i just want to because I think you've got an amazing story. I, I think it's just incredible story. And I'll tell you why, because I, I, I a really brief one is that, that I had one of my guests was, his name was Shaker Naik and he was from near Bangalore and he was eight, uh, he, he was blind until he was eight years old. And literally he had nobody wanting to interact with him because it, 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 he wasn't fun to be with, or that's what people thought. Um, this guy, that somebody noticed him in the village, he, he cut his eye and some doctors were visiting they said that they could potentially cure some of his, um, they could give him some of his sight back. And this guy went on, they cured some of it, they cured his sight. There's a long story. It would be the next poly, uh, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, without a shadow of a doubt. It's an incredible story because he goes on and he goes on and um, is the captain for the blind cricket for India that wins the World Cup and it wins the T20. Um, and, and it's all from, from people like yourself or just helping others just considering what other people are going through. So I, I really do take my hat off to you guys because just listening to it, it it's a phenomenal, phenomenal story. And I, 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 I'm so excited that you've got it off the ground. You said briefly about Qatar Sports Tech. This is going to be a great platform you, for you to jump from, right? Absolutely. Um, well, that's a fantastic story you were just mentioning beforehand. I'd actually, I must listen to that previous podcast and learn more because it, does sound like a really enjoyable listen it's in terms brilliant. of guitar sports tech, um yeah like it, it really it really does sound so it brought a smile to my face in terms of guitar sports tech it's um it's really great you know we've been through a couple of accelerators um 
you know, back home in, in, in Ireland, which have been fantastic in terms of, you know, teaching us the, showing us the ropes and in terms of launching a business, you know, the marketing, the, the, um, registration, the, the finance, all, all the kind of, I wouldn't call them the boring things, but, but, but the important pillars, I suppose, of, of business. Um, Connor Sports Tech, it has all that, but then what it really also has is, is the connections and the mentors to the sports industry and the knowledge and experience in the sports industry, which is what we need. Um, because, because our business model is, is working directly with stadiums, sports clubs, and, and sports broadcasters, the, the three of these. So Connor Sports Tech has been fantastic in finding us the mentors, the companies, and, and anyone in between in terms of expertise and experience who can, who can help us uh, build these relationships and figure out how to position our product and our technology to the right people in the sports industry. I can't tell you how, how good a time this is now. And um, I, it, it's, you're in perfect time. And I, I, again, I've done quite a few sports hackathons, uh, sports tech hackathons, where people want to do the same. They want to help the visually impaired so that, that people can enjoy it. But it's very difficult to get to the MVP. And um, it looked, as you said, you're working with a football club at the moment. You've got a massive opportunity, especially with that small competition that's coming in 2022. Um, this could be the time and the place for you guys. Absolutely. It's, um, I think we are really fortunate with the, with the timing. And I think, you know, COVID, a lot of businesses are, are obviously struggling with COVID. I, I think it's helped us a lot because what we're able to do now is that we're able to test in, in lower capacity stadiums, which, which makes things a lot easier from a from logistical point of view. And we're also at a time where stadiums are looking to bounce back and bounce back hard. And, and you know, having a product such as ours is, is, is a real boost for that in terms of both marketing and in terms of doing the right thing. Um, and then, of course, the, the small competition, which, which you were mentioning, um, you know, we'll, we'll make no secret that that's a, that's a goal of ours to, to get into. So, um, you know, being in this ecosystem here in Qatar is, is obviously a, a great help for that also. And, and again, I'm, I, I'm going back just briefly onto, the, uh, onto that. It was just an idea in your bedroom. And I want people to realize that as well. I want people, all these budding, budding entrepreneurs that think that they've got a concept in, and, and they don't think their idea is good enough because they, they, they thought about it in their bedroom when they were on a lockdown. This is when you've got to push as hard as you can and you believe. And I love your belief. I really do. I love your belief and, and how you got it started. Um, what can you share? I know, I know that we've given it about your product and, and it's going to be open. That's going to, it's going to open the world up to so many different people, um, especially from, a, um, from this visually impaired situation. And it's going to really kind of, it, it's going to add something to their lives to go to a football ground and to, and to experience the, the atmosphere and then be there to be able to experience it on their palms. It, it's brilliant. I think it's, it's fantastic. Was there times, and, and again, these, this is for people out there, was, it, was there times in this process that it didn't go well, that you had a few hiccups? How did you get over those? Um, I, think, I think the biggest hiccup, and it's worth, um, it's worth paying attention to anyone at home, is, um, is it's kind of, it's so ingrained in, I think, in kind of startups to, to do everything yourself, you know, you know, you kind of think of the, the tech geniuses like, I don't, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or, or whatever, and then they're kind of, you know, just in their bedrooms, just coding away, you know, building away, doing everything themselves, and they're just mega geniuses. Um, you know, that, that only works until a certain point, especially if you're, if you're not a mega genius, such as, such as myself, speaking for myself at least, where I guess my point is, is that towards the start of the journey, we were trying to build everything ourselves, and it reached a stage where 
the, the tech that we needed to develop. We developed the concepts perfectly, but we just weren't actually doing the architecture of the electronics right or whatever. So that's when I took a step back and realized, okay, we need to outsource certain things or, or, or bring different people in to, to help out. Um, so I think that was the biggest hiccup for us is, um, is was realizing perhaps slightly bit too late that we needed to, to bring on expertise from, from other areas and not rely on ourselves solely. It's not a problem because, you know, we're, we're still doing fine at this stage, but that would be my, my number one advice is don't do everything yourself if you don't have to, or if you think that someone else can do it better. That's save really, money in the long run. That's a really valuable, it's, that's a fantastic point to be quite honest with you, because we do, and as entrepreneurs, you do, you, you think to yourself, you haven't got the budget or you, you struggle through, but it's, it's, it's not worth it sometimes, especially when you've got something of this size on, in your hands. Did, did everybody agree with you? And, and I'm going to put this over to David. Did, from the beginning, David, did everybody agree with your idea or did they think that you were, it was a little bit beyond you? Beyond you? Did you take negatives at the beginning? Um, I don't think there was ever any negatives because I think it's such a fantastic idea that anyone we've talked to as well, I just instantly loved it. So I had no negatives about it. Um, I remember Omar told me about it originally and I basically said, all right, cool. That's a really cool idea. And he didn't actually invite me on board, but I secretly would have loved to work for the Manus. And then later, a few months later, he said, uh, he, he said, we're, we're going to apply to this accelerator. Like, do you want to work with me on it? And I just said, yes, instantly. Like it was, so there was never any pushback on the idea. Like I always loved it. So it's not, oh, no drama there, unfortunately. It sounds like you've got a, what's your team? You've got four in your team now, or have you got more? No, we have three in our team. Three. And yeah. it, it must be you rely on it. What's it like working with that close team? Well, it's actually good because um, we're, we've been friends in school for like eight years now. So we've known each other from the age of 11, 12 up. And we've worked on projects before in the past. So we knew our team dynamic was good. I mean, we knew that we could accomplish a lot together. So it was like, there's really very few hiccups, you know, along the way team dynamic wise because we all have our, like defined roles and we all have our, like skill sets that just complement each other so there's no real again no real drama there unfortunately i know it would make better content but <laughs> oh dear me no but i listen i love it when you get a team come together because you've all, people sometimes always come out with a few negatives and it's not easy to work with friends and all that kind of stuff but it, it's it's great to hear success stories when people do come together and it fits so nicely um uh, let's let's now go a little bit more into your product. You say you've got it. You're working with this um, this football club. Well, you say that Omar that is one of the best football clubs in Ireland. But what what's the what's the test program going like at the moment? How's that? How what's the feedback like? Um, so it's it's yet to start. At this, we actually we had it agreed a couple of weeks before we we travelled to Qatar, but. Um, we then had to get a we had to get an insurance so in case I don't know we burnt down their stadium or something that um you know we wouldn't have to pay for that in our pockets which is <laughs> so rare but um I guess that that's probably another hiccup in the into the whole corporate world I suppose is that um you know you, sometimes you get tied down with with paperwork and and bureaucracy and insurance and stuff like that so maybe that's another another warning to the listeners um so anyway back to the point we we agreed the full pilot program with them we had a few matches scheduled which we then had to delay due to not having insurance and stuff and then we actually ended up coming to to Qatar so the program is our trial demos on hold of them until until the start of June when we're back in back in Dublin 
Um, but we're going to be we're going to be ready to hit the ground running with with them there. We've um, you know we've produced our cameras, we've produced the um, you know the prototype that users will be using. Um, so I think that I think the first um, initial feedback we we kind of got from the club is. I'll actually take a step back and explain how the product works because that would actually make more sense. It's that <laughs> um, basically we, we have an artificial intelligence model, which once it gets a camera feed, it can track everything in the match, look at the ball position live, um, you know, what, what team has the ball, what the players are doing, are they, are they kicking out, are they, are they shooting out, are they tackling? Um, so that's all being gathered by the cameras and then that's being transmitted to the device. The device is kind of a tablet shape and it's got a football pitch ingrained on it and it's also got a ball on the top and the ball actually just moves to any position and with that there's a the, the user actually puts their finger on the ball and it, and it actually just moves drags their finger around it's kind of the opposite of a joystick you know in joystick it's like the user is, is kind of pushing the joystick but in this case the joystick is, is pushing the user's finger across the entire pitch and then there's also vibrating motors on either the top or the bottom of the of the device so that you can feel which team is kicking it which team is shooting it, which team's passing it so, so back to my story. Um, so the initial plan was to, or, and that's slightly still the current plan, was to install four of our own cameras in a stadium, one in each corner, and use that to, to gather the data and then send it back to the send it back to the device. However, even in a small stadium or a relatively small stadium, which 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 we're using right now, it's a challenge to install your own cameras into the stadium. You know, you have to kind of figure out exactly where to put them and that they're not obstructing um, fire escapes or or um, you know existing cameras or fan views, even if they're small cameras, we you know we're at to write up safety documents and all this kind of stuff. And the club are very accommodating, which in that in fairness, them and we really appreciate that. However, that made us realise, along with other talks with, with potential customers, is that using a broadcasting camera would be much better. Using the pre-existing um, you know BBC, Sky Sports, uh, BN Sports cameras would make yeah. much more sense. We wouldn't have to, in, in, you know, install our own cameras. It's more technically challenging in terms of the artificial intelligence, but it makes much more sense from logistics. So I think that was the first big lesson we learned from the, the testing, even before the testing began. So we've, we've, we're pivoting slightly to pseudo technology for, for pre-existing broadcasting feeds. Um, so yeah, so when we get back in June, we'll be, we'll be hitting the ground running with the testing. I'm really I, looking forward to it and really looking forward to the reactions. I think these TV stations, because there's nothing. Have you have you got any competitors out there that's doing something like this? There's a couple of competitors. Um, the difference is that they've only built the hardware. They've only built the device. They don't have the artificial intelligence. So what they need is is they need to actually hire some kind of human operator to actually, I don't know, move a mouse and keyboard and kind of input all the the data themselves, like the ball position, rather than you know a robot or a machine doing it which is what we do ours is also the only portable device and which it is which and wireless also um so yeah so so with the bedroom and, and i'm going to go back to the we'll keep on going back to the bedroom right it's it's like did you have any experience with ai back then um no no one did um tim basically just said yeah interested in this i'm gonna i'm gonna take it on and He's, 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 he's held his own, to be honest, in terms of the AI, which is quite good. You know, I, at stages, had to outsource hardware development, electronic development. Um, Tim's just done all the AI himself. He just, he just knows how to get it done um, just by self-learning, which is uh, quite impressive and a testament to, to I suppose, what you can achieve with, without a university degree or without years of experience. 
And I'm going to bring you back in, David. We've left you out here. What do you do? Yeah, so I'm kind of the all render of the team. Um, as I'm a computer <laughs> science and business, <laughs> I'm a computer science and business student. So uh, my main like expertise is in coding and also business operations. So uh, I work on any code that needs to be done in the project, such as with the websites and with uh, we have a companion app, and for the uh, and for the code that needs to be done for the physical device itself. And then I'm also the uh, I also I've got an interest in graphic design. So I do all the graphic design and the slides and all the uh, any design that the companies do. Um, and then, as I said, I have a business degree, so I work on a lot of the business operations as well. But they've kind of ramped up over COVID, so uh, we kind of we split them now because there's too much. I'd get overwhelmed. I, I must admit, I, I, I chuckled a little when you said you were the all-rounder, um, but you definitely are an all-rounder. That's, 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 yeah, that's so important. I mean, I, I didn't mean all rounder in, uh, I meant to sense of all rounders. I'm not particularly good at anything rather than I'm, oh, come on. At everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades. That's what I'm saying. I'm a, Tim is the computer vision, artificial intelligence expert. So, uh, but I wouldn't it, be able to do any of that. So it's unbelievable what you've, you've achieved so far. And you're going to have your product that's going to be up and running in, in June. Um, and it's 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 going to be you're going you've got a place to already practice to kind of trial it. So, what's the future got to hold once this all goes through? What's your what you're going to try as your next steps? Obviously, the World Cup, but th there's just so much there for you to go for right now if this works. Yeah, so it's a really long road, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity. So, short term is nail the test with with bohemians this summer and then potentially look into getting a test with a bigger club where we are we're having a few conversations um with slightly bigger clubs in england to get a test kind of from september to to november potentially um and then from there we should be we should be really happy with the product both hardware side and software side and then it's it's just getting into clubs talking to clubs and and, and, and selling it to as many clubs as possible um and then obviously there's the World Cup in, in the next the following year, which would be an honor to to work for and, and provide our technology for. Then after that, we really want to be getting into the commercial, uh, sorry, the consumer uh, market and selling these to, to people's houses. Because at the moment, the kind of technology is set up to work in stadiums for fans in stadiums. But of course, there's still hundreds of millions of people at home who could, who could do with something like this. And then eventually, actually, potentially before that, we want to be expanding into other sports as well. So a uh, kind of a unique thing about our device is that you can take off the, I suppose, I won't call it the lid, but I'll call it the top surface, which has the football pitch engraved into it. And you can swap it in with, I don't know, a basketball court, a rugby court, a Gaelic football course for, for, for us Irish. Hey, and, listen, um, I played Gaelic. I used are, to are you any good opposition? <laughs> <laughs> I was always a defender, always having the fights back. As you know, there's always a fight in Gaelic football, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's what everybody <laughs> goes there for. Yeah, that's what I play it for anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, it, it's going to be there open to every sport, every sport you can think of, you could, you could possibly have this. Yeah. Any field sport that has a ball and a and a field, we, we want to cover in the future. 
I think it's phenomenal. I don't, I don't think you're going to have a problem with with um, people um, embracing this, especially the TV companies. I think they're going to want to embrace it because it's an extra service for them too. And I think that's going to be a, a, a real added bonus, especially the way that, that with, let's hope this COVID is all coming to end. Let's get people back in the stadiums. It's a phenomenal, it, it really is. Did you ever, is there, along that journey, did you ever have any doubts that could have stopped the whole project? I think you always naturally have doubts, you know, a bit of imposter syndrome here, a bit of, oh God, what am I doing? Should I not just like, you know, watch my college lectures instead of, you know, travel to, travel to Doha and uh, kind of work with, with, you know, some huge companies. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you always you, you always naturally doubt yourself. I don't think there's anything particular which doubted us, but um, you know, always in your head, you you kind of second guess yourself. But I, but I think the goal, once you've got like a really determined goal, or you can actually see the vision that you're working towards, it really helps. Um, because when you doubt yourself, you can just kind of say, yeah, but like look at what we're actually doing, and, and look at what it could become, and then and then the doubt kind of fades away. That's how it works for me, anyway. And another great point, because I, I think that's what every, every startup, that, that's a, such a valuable lesson to anybody that's going to be starting up, becoming an entrepreneur or a concept, because that's what you've got to do ultimately, is just believe in what you're going to follow through on. And you, again, you've got a pretty good thing that you're, you're wanting to follow through on, which is going to help so many people. Um, funding. Let's talk about funding. Is, uh, do you like the funding side of it, or do you just want to get on and develop the product? It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of daunting at the start, I, I guess. Um, I mean, we haven't actually gotten to the, to the stage of, um, of like searching for kind of angel investors, VC funding. That's something we're definitely going to be doing towards the end of this program. And, um, yeah, so at the moment we've been just getting funding from a few accelerator programs. So a bit of funding from, from Kata Sports Tech, a nice bit of funding from, um, a fantastic AI program that we're working on um, in Dublin, um, Alcesa program, and then a few more kind of, I think we're lucky as we are students, we can enter some kind of small student competitions that we've gotten, gotten a few thousand here and there, which is which is very helpful. And that's more than enough to get us through this this kind of trial phase um, with Bohemians, potentially into, into the summer, into early September. And that's when we'll need to search for funding. Um, but at that stage, we're gonna be, be having like, you know, really solid fan testimonials, you know, customer letter intense, hopefully. Um, so then we'll be really active on the on the fundraising route. Um, with the an, another question with the funding, or or what was it like when you first went into? You said that you've you've got some funding. You have three types of funding with QST, and the, there was another couple. What was it like when you first went for the first one? How did you? What was it like going in there and, and doing the pitch? Um, I think we're all. We're all tech students first and foremost, so you know, like we, I think we'd all much like be much more comfortable working on a bit of code than like going in there and pitching in front of everyone. But um, one thing I did find is that it's because our company has only been existed during COVID. We've any presentation we've ever had to do has just been on Zoom, and I think doing a presentation on Zoom is like I get very nervous for presentations, but when I do it on Zoom, I just turn off all the cameras and just talk to the little points right there. And it's fine because you forget that there's anyone watching and you make a mistake and it doesn't bother you. So for me, anyway, I find like I'm much more enjoying the pitches on Zoom. I'd happily keep it that way forever. Um, Are you, you're going to cancel the You're an anti-vaccine person just to keep COVID going. <laughs> yeah.
that, that, that's an advantage of COVID, which I don't think is talked about much. And what about you, Omar? Is, is this are, are you a duck out of water with it, or do you just find it easy, just the pitch? No, it's it's not easy. I mean, you can make it look easy. I think sometimes I don't know if I make it look easy or not, but I, I've I've definitely talked spoke spoken to people who make it look easy, and they all say that um, it's just practice and just a bit of a bit of acting. Um, but like no. I, I hate pitches. I actually, I dread them. Like, um, you know, whenever, I, I'm not going to lie, once or twice I've made half excuses to get David to do them um, because because sometimes I just um, just nod in, in the right frame of mind to do them. But um, I think it's just practice. And, you know, the first one's always going to be the hardest and they just get easier and easier. And and let's, let's finish with this one. Um, where do you see yourselves in the next year? Um, well, this time next year will be just leading up to the World Cup. So um, for me anyway, I'd like to see myself sitting exactly where I am in Qatar, getting making our last preparations for the World Cup, where our devices will be in the stadiums. Um, that's, a, that's my, uh, what's the word, optimistic hope for this time next year. Um, I don't know about Omar. Yeah, no, I, I mean, hopefully kind of, I don't know, in the stadiums, potentially a bit more hands-on work than what we're doing at the moment. But um, yeah, definitely. But by this stage next year, the plan is to be have, have our technology established in a number of stadiums and then working up to the big stadiums, such as, such as the World Cup and the likes. I think I, I, I got to thank you both for coming on today. Um, I think you've got a phenomenal concept. I think you're going to improve the life of so many people just to experience that joy um, I, I, I can't congratulate you enough. I, I really am going to be following your progress. I'm going to be following it. I want to see you at the World Cup. I'll be here too. When you come over to Qatar, please, I want to meet up with you. I think you've got a great concept and it's going to be a huge thing for sports. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, it's been magnificent having you on. And I'm so glad that, that just from an idea in the bedroom last November, you've taken it into a concept that could go global and for the benefit of others. Thank you so much for coming on to join us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Steve. Thanks. So Thanks. Thank you so much indeed. Everybody, I hope you can see what it means when, when all of a sudden you've got an idea just to help somebody and change somebody's lives. These guys just had that. They had a, a, an idea concept in their, in their bedroom on one November evening thinking, hey, you know something? I'm going to make a difference for, to some people out there. They actually went and done it. They've got something that they're going to be launch, launching. Um, and it could be, could be in the next World Cup. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye for now. Everyone, thank you for listening. Please send us your feedback on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And don't forget to review us on your favourite podcast app.